0: We thank you, O Lord, for this season, for the privilege and opportunity you give us to worship together, to celebrate that heaven has indeed come down. We thank you for the beautiful ways we can celebrate this through the ages. We give you thanks for the gift of Advent and the reminder each year that we celebrate that the kingdom has come because the King is here. We give you thanks and praise, and we honor you. Will you join me, please, in praying the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you for worshiping, and thank you for praying. I'm grateful this morning that Commissioned Pastor Darren Wogan is preaching on this first Sunday of Advent. Darren has worked vocationally since 1999 for Pella Corporation in leadership roles, but he served our church family voluntarily for the last 23 years. He has served us as an elder, as a deacon, He's been on the executive board. He has served in children's ministries and in youth ministries. In 2017, our denomination, the Reformed Church in America, commissioned and licensed Darren to be one of the pastors of the Third Reformed Church in Pella, Iowa. So I'm very grateful that today, Darren, one of our pastors, will point us to Jesus. All
1: right. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, I hope uh, everybody has uh, enjoyed Thanksgiving. I know it looked a little different for most of us, as many things in 2020, as this service does with about 10 uh, or 12 people here among us, uh, here and those of you at home. So as we start Advent, I thought with 2020 just uh, full of debate and, uh, you know, a lot of confrontation, what a better way to start Advent than a deep theological debate, Right? So, so this morning, I want you to be prepared to choose a side here. And if I can have that first slide, slide number two, would you rather be at home or camping in a tent? And I'm going to start and unpack that. And first, I'm going to talk about home. And I'm going to start with my home. So if I can have the next slide. So I, I grew up uh, since I was six years old in this house, about an hour north of here uh, by the Grand Iowa outside of Marshalltown. It was my grandparents' place before that, so it's a home I've known my entire life. And as I think about that, some of my fondest memories, some of my earliest memories are from that home. When we'd hop in the old yellow Ford pickup truck with my grandpa and grandma when I was three or four years old with our thermos of milk, some Fig Newtons and fudge stripes, and bounce through the field to the timber you can see in the back of the property to explore God's creation. Those fields are where I would learn to drive tractor, where I would walk beans, where I'd learn to drive a grain truck, where my brother Brian and I would race four-wheelers and three-wheelers with our neighbors who lived across the field of Sawyers. That house is where I would learn board games and card games. We'd watch TV. We'd get our first little Capro PC with a little four-inch green screen and thought it was the world, and our first original Nintendo with Power Pad. Right? It was it was a place of fun, a place of hard work, but a place I knew I was loved. Now we can't we can't forget about camping, right? So I went camping as a kid and growing up, and it was fun. I loved to explore nature. I'd go mountain biking and hiking, and, and those that know me know I really like the campfires because of the s'mores, right? I'm a I'm a huge chocolate connoisseur, and just spending time with with friends. And as I researched the Wogan family line, I learned that camping was a huge tradition until houses were made, right? Uh, the, the theme was, why would we sleep outside when all the bugs are trying to get inside, right? So wh- why am I talking about this this morning? You see, as we, as we start this Advent season, we're going to focus today on the fact that Jesus, who created the world, left heaven, his home, To come be with us in exile, to come camp with us, so that he could bring us home. And I mean, my home as a child, my home now, are great homes. But Jesus left a perfect place to enter a fallen world. He entered a place, left a place of glory and beauty to a place of thunderstorms and gray skies, a place where he reigned in majesty to come to dwell with us in the everyday life, the mundane life of a carpenter's son. And why? Because he wanted to bring us home. And I think as we reflect on this year, isn't that what we really want to, to be at home, to be with those in relationships? Okay, my guys out there from my small group are in the core, right? They're saying, no, I, I really want a, I want a PlayStation 5 or Xbox X or an iPhone or Legos. Okay, maybe the Legos are for me. But I think those of us that are a little older, that's what we're longing for. Right? In all that's happened in 2020, we're longing for those relationships. We're longing for home. Because home is where the heart is. And just like church, it isn't about the building. Home is about the relationships. Like the TV show Cheers in the late 80s and early 90s. It's where everyone knows your name. That is home. And I think we have a longing For those relationships, whether it's family or friends, whatever it looks like for you, and most of all, with God. So if you don't hear anything else the next uh, 30 minutes or so, listen to this. This is what we're going to unpack this morning. Can you take time this Advent season to see the majesty in the mundane? The God who created the heavens and the earth came down to the world, which is totally amazing and unexpected, and why? Because he wants to save the world. He wants to save you to bring us home. Because home is about relationships. Home is where the heart is. And his heart is for you this morning, who he created. And to Jesus, if heaven isn't home without you. Are you home with Jesus this morning? So we're going to start, for those of you at home, if you've got your Bibles handy or your digital devices, I believe the words will be on the screen. We're going to start in the Gospel of John. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 17. So here are the words of the Lord. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was With God in the beginning, through Jesus, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This was John the Baptist. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Jesus was in the world and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet, but to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or husband's will, but born of God. already given. For the law was given through Moses and grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. People of God, this is the word of God. Thanks be to God. So I think we need just before we dig in a little bit here, I think we need just a little bit of background and I'm going to work in reverse chronological order. So we're going to go back in time here but we start here in the New Testament in John and I think we don't take the time to marvel at the majesty of something so significant it takes four gospels to unpack. And you see just a little overview of each of those, you see Matthew is for the Jewish people. It really goes back and talks goes through the lineages and points out Jesus throughout the Old Testament, the Messiah is coming and it was about what Jesus said. When we look at Mark, it was for a Roman audience. It's it's full of action. It's about what Jesus did. As we look at Luke, it was for the Greek audience. It was written by a physician. It's very precise how Jesus felt, and here in the book of John, it was it was for the whole world, and it's the most fullest picture we get of the character of the Son of God, the Son of Man. It explains who Jesus was. And I think that's important with us as he came to dwell among us. That is a question we've wrestled with. And if we go back in time into the Old Testament to Solomon, King David's son who was building the temple, we read in the Old Testament, he asked that same question. Will God really dwell with us? I think we're wrestling with that in 2020 with everything that's gone on. Is, is God really here? And as they wrestled with that then, they, were, they had thoughts and they'd forgotten about even a little further back. And if I can have... Sherry, slide number 10. They'd forgotten about the tabernacle, the tent of meeting as they were in exile, wandering the desert. It's where God's presence was, where God dwelt with them, and it moved with them where they went. And that was a reminder of them even further back to Adam and Eve when God created them and was with them in their presence, God's intentional will to be with us in a relationship. And then as we come back to our passage this morning, it goes even further back than that, to creation itself. And John takes away the angels, the shepherds, Mary and Joseph. He simplifies Christmas. God came near, Emmanuel, God with us. He wants a relationship to bring us home. So verses 1 through 5. Again, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was with God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Jesus, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. You see, he created the galaxy and all other galaxies with billions of stars in a matter of seconds. Christ is running the show. He created everything in six literal days. The Word, Jesus, the Logos in the Greek. He was part of the circle dance as we talked this summer. Remember, we unpacked that God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit together before time began. For those of you who are Star Wars geeks like I am, it's like like the force. The source of all knowledge and truth. The infinite wisdom behind all things. He is there now as the wind blows, as the snow falls. As my new little nephew, Baby Jeter, takes his breath, as all of us breathe, Yahweh. God's name is on our breath. And He created us, He created you for relationship. Do you know that this morning? You see, He wanted a relationship. His heart is for us. And God was with us, His intentional will. He came down and He was walking with Adam and Eve in the garden. And then through our own decision, we entered his circumstantial will, right? We ate the apple. We chose instead of being home with God to become campers and live in the temporary. But God's ultimate will will be done and he will bring us home. And he knew to fix this problem, to fix a personal problem, he had to fix it with a personal solution, a personal way to bring us home. Verses 6 through 8. There was a man sent whose name was John, John the Baptist, who came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light, he came only as a witness to the light. You see, here we see the Apostle John talking about John the Baptist, who comes to point to Jesus. That was his one thing, to point to Jesus. And it's, it's a bit of an aside here, a little bit, but it ties in here. And with all that's happened in our church family the last year, and especially the last few weeks, I felt it's important that we, we unpack this. Um, being in youth ministry for 22, 23 years, folks, t- tune in here. I, I, my guys in my group that I've had since first grade would know this. I've, I spoke these words to them. They've seen it written to them. Jeremiah 29, 11. It's for all of us this morning. But I know some of you are wrestling, but I want you to know no matter where you're at, no matter what you've done, God has a plan and a purpose for you. That's what Jeremiah 29, 11 promises us. And if you don't know that, if you think you've done things that are too bad, that's not true. God wants to reform your identity through your circumstances. If you're wrestling with that, if, if, if you don't know your identity, you don't know your purpose, we reach out to the church. We reach out to a friend this week. If you don't have, if, reach out to me, darrenw at trcpella.com, D A R I N W at trcpella.com. We want to come listen to you. We want to meet you where you're at and help you to see your true identity and that you have a purpose. And that was John's purpose to point to the light, to point to Jesus. Verses 9 through 13. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and though the world was made through Jesus, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own didn't receive him. Yet, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a man's will, but born of God of God. And, and as, as I was praying, and as preparing, I got um, this vision, right, of one of those things as a kid. I don't know if you, how many of you have seen those pictures that was maybe like a winter scene, but if you stared at it long enough, your eyes got buggy and all of a sudden like a snowman popped out, right? How many of you, raise your hands if you've, if you've seen something like that. Okay, for all those at home, look and see who raised the hand. Remind them, I can't see your hands, okay? <laughs> but, but no, I think that that's, for us this morning, we don't have that focus, We have the wrong focus. Right back then, they were looking for a mighty warrior, not a servant. Someone who would come to serve the world. Because there's sin in the world, and we always like our sin more. And right, we choose to live in a tent in the temporary things of the world instead of going home with Jesus. And if I can have slide 14, the painting, Yeah, thank you. So there's a whole sermon that could be done on this painting. I love it. It's called Destiny. It's by an unknown author. And we see Jesus as a toddler, right in the workshop, in the mundane, helping his dad in the shop. But if you see in that bottom right corner, you see his shadow is a cross. And that was his plan for the beginning, but no one noticed. He's just a toddler. He's just an adolescent. Right, we read in the scriptures, Nazareth. What good can come from Nazareth? But he was Jesus, fully God, fully human. He enters in, and his teachings led many to hate him. And they still do as we've been marching through the church in exile, right? Or in the margins. And if you heard my sermon a few weeks ago in the auditorium, even, even today's top leaders, right, are being ridiculed on national talk shows because. They say they believe in talk and walk with Jesus and they're told they should go to an insane asylum. See, people dislike the exclusivity of Jesus because it doesn't fit into the mentality of everything's okay. Guess what? Everything is not okay. There is a right and a wrong. But Jesus gives us the way. He is the way. As we read just a few chapters later in in John 14, he is the way, the truth, the life. That is one of my personal verses. That's what the WTL on my license plate means for all those that keep asking. But you see in verse 12, we see that he comes down into creation to save the world. Any of us that believe in him, we won't perish. We have eternal life. And also in John 14, it says he's going to create a place for us for many rooms. He's got a big, big house with lots and lots of rooms, and he's preparing a place for you. So what I want to do is just take a couple of minutes. I know I know this can be awkward. It's awkward when we're all here together. It can be awkward in your homes, maybe as you have um, some people there that are not normally there, but can we take a, a minute or two? There's going to be some questions that come up on the screen. And can you just talk about them, or if there's not enough time for some of you, write them down to talk about this week. And, and while it's awkward, I want you to know we're, we're not about a place of being comfort. If everything is comfortable and you don't feel awkward, you're not growing. So take just a couple minutes here and, and talk these together with your, with your families. could be hard questions as we as I wrestled with these myself as there could be some hard questions with our family right those could be some hard things to wrestle with but as we as we talk about advent advent is about salvation it's about Jesus preparing a place for us making a home for us it's about salvation so so can I just push into this so if you if you don't know Jesus this morning would you take this time to accept him now It's very simple. Just ask him into your heart. Ask for forgiveness for your sins and just push in and ask Jesus to meet you where you're at and then contact us. We want to come walk beside you in that journey and that decision to arm you with the materials you need to continue your, your walk with Jesus. Verse 14. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And this is a key verse for us this morning. The word, the logos, the source of knowledge and truth. Jesus in his majesty becomes flesh, human and dwelt among us. And this is just a glimpse into my crazy brain, right? And this is when I meditate on scripture, these are some of the things that come to me. Can you imagine Can you imagine the angel Gabriel? So he's up in heaven and Jesus comes to him and talks to him about this plan and his part in it. And he's just there going, Okay, Jesus, the heavens can't contain you. Have you seen a baby? They're they're really small, and have you seen what they do? (laughs) And yes, sir. And, And he goes down, he goes down to earth. He goes to Mary says, you are blessed above all. You're, you're going to have a son. And he, and he goes to Joseph, who's trying to figure out what to do, and says, no, no, this is from God. You need to stay with Mary. And you need to call him Jesus. And then as Gabriel goes back to heaven, I can, I can picture him with Michael and the other angels, and he's, he's unpacking this, and he's, he's going, you, you should have seen this, right? They don't have anything. They're not royalty, They're young. They're like 13, 14 years old. Jesus is going to call them mom and dad. I I don't get it. And you see, you see to us, I think, I think that incarnation, which literally means putting on flesh, we, we treat it as very trivial as well. And the only examples I can give, and I don't know if they do it justice, it's like taking a Maserati sports car, one of the fastest, most expensive sports cars, and thinking it can fit into a Hot, hot Wheels car. It's like, it's like taking a three or four football field long aircraft carrier and saying it could fit in your bathtub. The Word, God, took on flesh. He came down to pitch a tent with us, to camp with us, to be our neighbor to experience our humanity by coming flesh and blood. You see throughout scripture we we read he he sweat, he cried, he laughed. He he pulled a muscle doing a beach body workout <laughs> or whatever workouts they had back then. Right? And, and and think about it, he was a carpenter's son. At some point Jesus hit his thumb with his ha- with a hammer. What did Jesus say? <laughs> Heavens. Uh, uh, yeah. You see, in, in, in verse 1, Jesus, we see as fully God, 100% God. And here we start to, start to see God. Jesus is 100% man. He had to be fully man and fully God to be the perfect sacrifice to die for us, to bring us home. And he wants to be in relationship with you and with me. He wants to be in our presence to push into that presence a little bit. I was reminded of a story, um, my daughter at one of her birthday parties um, a while back. And I don't remember exactly the context of one friend had forgot a gift and one hadn't, but she said, she said this, oh, I, I don't need any gifts. Your presence is present enough. How powerful are those words? And as I think about Christmas this year, I don't know about you, but I know I have more than I need. But what I need more of, as Allie mentioned in in her beginning, is God's presence. And that is my prayer for all of us. Have you felt his presence? And I think that's so cool as we think about the presence. And if I can have, I think it's slide 17, Sherry. So as we were talking about the tent earlier, the tabernacle, and it may be hard to see on your screen, so I'll walk through this, but I think there's a, a neat symbolism here as we think about the tabernacle. That was the presence of God, and Jesus is now come, and it's God in presence with us. See, the tabernacle, it moved wherever they moved. Jesus is with us wherever we go through his Holy Spirit. Inside the Holy of Holies, there was the Ark of the Covenant. The the law was there. Jesus comes and he fulfills the law. There was a table with the bread of the presence, the food that the priests ate. Jesus is the bread of life and fulfills us. There was a lampstand to give light. And as we read here and other places in Scripture, Jesus is the light of the world to shine in the darkness. There was an altar of incense There was a symbol of the prayers going to God. Jesus, Jesus is our mediator praying for us continually to the Father. There was a door one way in. Jesus is that, the way, the truth, the life. There was a living here at at the place of entry to wash, to be clean. Jesus comes to wash away our sins. And it was a place on the outside for sacrifice where families would come to get forgiveness of sin. And Jesus was that final sacrifice for all time. You see, the people in the first century wouldn't have missed that symbolism that I think we miss. They would have had those stories of God's presence. And God who created the heavens and the earth has come down in his majesty. And we have that opportunity to be in his presence, to pray with him, to talk with him. Because he wants to know us. And I want to I push into that a little bit of what it means to know someone. So as you think about yourselves at home and here, how many of us have lived with someone, moved in with someone who is not a relative or are married? Right? So as I'm guessing most of us over the age of 19 or 20 have lived with someone, moved in to, with a roommate who's not a relative or were married. So as you think about that, as you think about when you met those individuals, did they know you? Right? Sue, did you know Bruce? Bruce, did you know Sue when you were dating? Ally, did you know Mike? Mike, did you know Ally when you were dating? And Hillary, did you know Davis? And, and Davis, did you know Hillary when you were dating? And as I thought about that myself with Michelle, she didn't, right? So so this is not me, right? Much to to my mom's disappointment at times, I'm a nylon shorts, t-shirt, backwards ball cap kind of guy. That's what you'll normally see me in, in my natural state. But when I met with Michelle, I I got dressed up, right? I I, I made sure I smelled okay. I dialed back the crazy a little bit because I knew I could probably uh, push her away. We put on our best. It wasn't until we got married and we moved in together that we found out where each other's patience ends. Or we found out where each other's laziness begins. And I didn't understand it when I was younger and I went to, you know, relatives' 50th wedding anniversaries and stuff. And they would say things like, you know, I love her now more than I ever did. And I couldn't understand that. But now after over 22 years with Michelle, I'm starting to get an understanding Because despite of my OCD, my, my neat freakness, my junior high mentality, my sarcasm, and sometimes a little bit more anger than I'd like to admit, she loves me anyway. And see, Jesus was a working man, a carpenter's son, who arrived in rags in a manger. But if you take the time to know him, there is so much more to know. And if you think about it, would you, if you knew everything, your spouse, your kids, your friends, whatever say or do, would you choose into that relationship? Now stop. No sudden movements. Guys, don't nod your heads. (laughs) You, You see, I think we'd like to think we would, but I don't know if we would choose into that. But the truth is, God did. He's timeless. He knows all of us without our makeup. In all of our sin. And he chose to be in a relationship anyway. And we read at the end of this verse, he said, God, he came in grace and truth. And in verses 15 through 17, that's what it's about too, grace and truth. And we can't miss that. It's both. And as we've unpacked here, you know, just like we have to have a balance between word and spirit, there has to be a balance of grace and truth. And Jesus shows us that picture, right? And I think we all know, you know, with all grace, that's great. People meet us where we're at. And we need to do that. We need to meet people where they are in life. But we can't keep there. Because if if it's all grace and we just, you love me for where where I'm at, but you never challenge me to be who I could be. Similarly, if it's all truth, which is where I tend to lean for those who know me, I'm working on grace. I'm better at that. Those people with truth, they have conviction and principles they speak out about injustice. But will I ever live up to what they want me to be? They're always trying to change me. Will they ever forgive? And Jesus is that beautiful picture of both, right? Meeting sinners where they were. Prostitutes, tax collectors. That's why the Pharisees and the Sadducees hated him so much. But he meets them. But if you read every account, he doesn't stay there. Yes, he meets them where they are. He loves them for who they are and their backgrounds. It doesn't matter. He's seeing them for where they're going because he wants to bring them home. And he challenges them to go and sin no more and lovingly tries to make them who they're supposed to be. That's our call for us, to balance that. And Jesus, the word became flesh. He is a personal God. He, he loves us in a personal way. And with all that we've seen in 2020, and I've talked about this in some sermons earlier this year as well, I've lost a few friends, um, some that were harder than others and had some real choice conversations with God, and that's okay. God can handle those conversations. We see that throughout Psalms. We have to come back and rest because we know that he came down to dwell among us. He knows our struggles and as I was preparing for this message and I don't know where the words came from but they were in my journal and I, they were for me as I'm wrestling through some things in my own life but I know they're for, for us and, and others of you this morning out there so I, I want to read these words that were from my journal that I wrote one morning because we have a God who really cares. He knows. He knows what it's like to live in a sinful world. He knows what it's like to have people oppose you and not like you. He knows what it's like to ha- be hated for no reason or any reason anyone wants to create. He knows what it's like to be slandered, to made fun of. He knows what it's like to cry, to be let down, to be betrayed by your best friend. He knows what it's like to feel suffer and pain. He knows injustice. And can I say this gently about our own town? He knows what it's like to have the pressures of your own hometown. He knows. See, I think it's easy for us at Christmas to think about the divinity and the holiness of Jesus, but we can't forget it's about his humanity. He came to dwell with us, to walk a mile in our shoes. He invites us to know him so we can go home with him because he knows this is really not home. We're camping. But he came down and camped with us in his ministry. There was no place for him to call home. It's a temporary dwelling place. It's a dash between two numbers on a gravestone. But he made a way for us to come home with him forever and he's preparing that place for us. So, as the worship team can start making its way back up here, we can go to the last few slides here. As as I finish up and we think about the Advent season and what home means, for sure for me, it means where Michelle, where Drew, where Allie are at, whether we're in Minneapolis and Otley and Cincinnati or here in Pella. Whether we we're in an apartment or in a house, that was home. Whether it's with my parents, my, Michelle's parents, our siblings, aunts, uncles, cousins, my nieces and nephews. Our family, our friends. Where my brand of crazy is accepted. right where, where you know no matter what, you are valued and wanted. Those are home. But can we wrestle with these few things as we go through the Advent season? If I can have that slide. Can we wrestle, and will you take time to wrestle with the majesty and the mundane? The God who created the world, came to earth, left his home because he wants a relationship with you. What does that mean to you this morning? Your kids, your friends, your family. Next, can can you consider that God came to this world not only to have a relationship, but also to bring you home because home is where the heart is. And he wants us home for eternity. That is our hope in exile. Do you know that his heart is for you today? Every day. Have you accepted by faith God's greatest Christmas present? His presence. He wants to spend time with you. So will you spend time this Advent season to slow down? And reconnect. Jesus, who knows your name, he has seen, he's, he's walked in our shoes, he knows our trials, and he just wants to spend time with you in joys and pains, the ups, the downs, the twists and turns of the roller coaster of life that we live. Are you at home with Jesus? See, he came to our home to bring us to our heavenly home because while in heaven, all majesty is there, the angels bow before him. But Jesus, heaven isn't home without you. So can we take time this morning to remember that? Can we take time throughout this Christmas season to think about that and see Jesus in his humanity clothed in deity? He came to dwell with us to bring us home.